Arnold, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, July 14th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and joining us, thanks to the power of Zoom, Tass Mellis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tass. we got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lealis. Friends. <laughs> Lily, the man making the magic happen, J.D. Hello. There he is. And our special guest today, he's filling in for the bearded one, Trey Kirby, who's still stuck in a yurt. He's a culture writer and NBA analyst at The Athletic. You hear on a lot of podcasts on the network as well. It's Big Waz. Waz, what's up, man? What's going on, guys? Um, I would never pretend to be filling the bearded man's shoes, but I'm going to do my best. I promise you that. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, I let the people know on yesterday's No Dunks pod about this new the Athletic NBA Show, at least new podcast feed. This one-stop shop yep. with this rotating lineup of like insiders and writers and reporters and hosts, including yourself. Um, you know, I, I did my best to explain what was going on with this bad boy, but maybe you can help us fill in the blanks a little bit. I know we got five different podcasts, one of them being Hoops Adjacent with yourself and uh, Hall of Famer David Aldridge. Yeah, so when we came on board, myself, Jade Hoy, um, Black Trey, a couple of people, Zach Harper was already at the company, but he's counted dings as well. It was in concert with the athletics sort of launching their audio division, right? right. Um, and there ended up being a few national shows, you know, ours being one of them, of course, the show that I do with the Hall of Famer, David Aldridge, Sam Amix tampering, um, just a, a few national shows. Um, but they were doing sort of doing their own thing and living on their own. And then it was decided once the season started back up, we would consolidate it, bring all of those shows into one feed. That way, every single day, once you're, you know, subscribed to that feed, you will get a, a different flavoring, a different sprinkling, yeah. um, if you will, from the different assortment of characters. And I like to tell people that it's not just just because I'm biased doesn't mean it's not true. I think <laughs> the, the athletic happens to have the best NBA coverage in the world. That's bar none. And so, you know, you get voices like myself and, of course, David Aldridge, who has 30 years of NBA um, broadcasting and reporting, and his Rolodex is ridiculous. You know, <laughs> so we get to, t you know, by the grace of David Aldridge being a legend, we get to talk to so many incredible people people on the show and I just get to you know talk my general crap um <laughs> you know be the person that I am while David um most people might know him from TNT and ESPN and you might know David Aldridge for what I call his broadcaster voice but on Hoops and Jason you gonna get Chocolate City DC yeah. David Aldridge okay? he's a it's funny a guy I, oh and I don't goodness. think a lot of people realize that I'm with you on that and, and yep. even myself like I know 10 years ago I would have never thought David Aldridge is quote unquote like a funny guy but you hear him on these podcasts we've had him on our show too he is. He's hilarious. Yes, he's obviously he's extremely professional. Yeah. You don't get to the Hall of Fame by accident. He's hardworking. <laughs> he's professional. He's talented. But he likes to cut loose. He likes to have fun. He is just, you know, just the dopest dude. And I think that's the dynamic that people enjoy about that show. But then you got, of course, you know, Sam Amick, who's been in the game for decades, of course. And if you know Sam Amick, you know he's one of the most gregarious dudes, fun guys, very easy to get along with. And so it's no wonder that he's become a very connected guy in the NBA. And so tampering and you get a sprinkling of that on Basketball Buds hosted by Zach Harper, Talk Hoops on Twitter. Um, you know, some people credit him with creating the language of basketball Twitter, right? The way we joke, the snark, the ridiculousness of it all that 
the fun that we have on Twitter, that's sort of the tenor that you'll get on the basketball plates. Of course, we get into the, you know, the X's and O's and the transactional stuff, but really it's about having fun on that show. Um, and then we got a show with Ethan and, and Marcus, Marcus Thompson. Um, not going to lie to you, before I got hired by The Athletic, I had a subscription literally so I could read Ethan and Marcus because to me they're two of the most they're two of the smartest and they come at stuff from a worldview that I generally don't have. Like they, right. they're so expert at giving you a, a viewpoint that's not, you know, sort of the status quo or the, the general rule of thumb. And that's what you're going to get on Thursday and Friday with Dave DeFore, Seth Partnow and Mo Dockill. That's just straight up nerd shit. <laughs> yeah, so basketball buds, tampering, uh, yep. nerder she wrote, the one you just mentioned, point yep. of contention, that's Strauss and Thompson, and then yep. the one that I said uh, that you're on with uh, the Hall of Famer Aldridge hoops and Jason. Just because you're point. biased, just because you're biased doesn't make it untrue. You're totally it's, right. I mean, it, it, like it's just a fact, you know. Yeah. Um, I just, I just honestly think the the group of people that the athletic has assembled for the NBA, not to say we don't kill NHL or the <laughs> NFL, but I think for the NBA, you know, of course you guys are an example of that. Of course there's Shams Charania. Of course there's guys like John Krasinski in Minnesota, um, you know, Fred Katz in Washington. Um, just these guys are incredibly connected, incredibly plugged in and insightful. And I just think we have the best NBA coverage around. And that's not to, you know, disrespect. I have friends at ESPN. You right, know right. what I'm saying? Those are my homies, you know. Um, uh, but I, I just think we have the best NBA coverage. Out well, here. actually, I just started to listen. I just listened to an ESPN podcast. Listen to Brian Winhurst talking about. A friend of mine. The, he was talking about the MLS and that it is bubble adjacent because the bubble is right across from uh from the nba bubble it seems like he's kind of he's kind of taking your guy's show name bubble adjacent let's just make a show name called bubble Jason. listen you speak the truth man you speak the truth except for zach harper zach harper invented the language that we talk about <laughs> that's on what Twitter. some people say that's what <laughs> i don't know i think i think one of those people would say that is zach harper, right? <laughs> zach harper his mom you know <laughs> yeah yeah fair that. fair that's two people you're right, right. Well, yeah. is uh i mean if if aldridge is in the actual basketball hall of fame when there's ever a twitter hall of fame uh uh, Harper will be going in yeah, just on yeah. sheer volume of tweets. Absolutely. Getting his shots up. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. All right, so as I said yesterday, and, and as Waz just eloquently put it, smash the subscribe button, the Athletic NBA Show. If you haven't already, I would assume people listening to No Dunks here, especially by way of the Athletic, listen to a lot of those shows already. Now they're all in one spot. That's pretty uh, pretty damn convenient if you ask me. So the Athletic NBA Show. And uh, shout out to all the guys and all the all the um, you know contributors too. Like you were saying, you were going through some of them, like some of the guys that are on the beats and stuff like that for teams. John Hollinger is obviously another great one. Of course, legend. A lot, a lot of voices coming through a lot of these shows. And My man Michael Lee. Here. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. The list goes on. Jason Jones out in Sacramento. He's been killing it for years. And this guy is, if you've ever heard this guy speak, tell a story, you know he's incredible at it. I'm The talent is literally unlimitless, man. It's, it's like a dream team of sorts. It, and I'm it, not just saying that because they signed the checks, y'all. Yeah, it's the doesn't, truth. Doesn't make it untrue. We are... Um, <laughs> Honestly, I like I think about this a lot because I struggle. I mean, I'm trying to read as much as possible. Like you said, all these great writers we have at the Athletic. Of course, all those still great writers at other sites across the board. We are spoiled so much as an NBA fan. Like you literally Absolutely. almost it's almost impossible to keep up in some certain ways. Um, just with how many great articles there are, obviously how many great podcasts there are and stuff like that. So 
you're spoiled is what I'm saying. So uh, it's a fun time to be an NBA fan. This is even when there's no goddamn NBA going on right now. Exactly. Imagine when the game started back. Yeah, yeah. So let's get into that. Well, before we do, a a quick uh, reminder for everyone. Email us your NBA questions and comments to nodunksatthetheathletic.com. We're going to be hitting the beach tomorrow, stepping on the beach to answer your cues. So get those in. you got a few hours left. Follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at nodunksinc. Lee, you're still locked in to talk to uh, Dominique Wilkins today for Pop and Packs? Absolutely locked in. I spoke to the Hall of Famer yesterday. We're all ready to go. 3 p.m. Eastern at No Dunks Inc. live on Instagram. Okay, that's going to be fantastic. Yeah, Lee's killing it, Waz. I don't know if you've been watching the IG live stories. He's been having on Legends opening up an old pack of basketball cards. He's got Neek coming on today. Wow, I got it. I got to check. I'm not going to lie. I haven't been able to check that out. But as somebody who used to participate in basketball card collecting, a.k.a. legal gambling for kids. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm very interested to watch this because I had I was one of those people, you know, you get the, the big hard plastic to put your special oh, yeah. Shaq rookie card. And <laughs> then, of course, you would have the booklet. And, yeah, I was, I was one of those people. Tops, ultra flare, all of these things, upper deck. I was one of those cats. Were you just collecting basketball cards or, like, other sports and stuff like oh, that? Oh, no, I was strictly basketball. Yeah. And, and I had interest in football and baseball. And I know baseball was like the creme de la creme of card collecting, but I was just addicted to basketball, even from an early age. So I was only collecting basketball cards. So here's the question. Do you still have any of them? Did mom throw them all out? Did you get I lost those a while ago, man. We had moved. My mom had bought a house in Queens, New York. So we moved from, we lived in an apartment building in the East Flatbush neighborhood of Brooklyn. Um, and then my mom bought a house in Queens. She was like, oh, Brooklyn is, ugh, we need to get a house. And so she, you know, she saved up her money and she bought a house in Queens. And in between that move from Brooklyn to Queens, I lost the cards. And, uh, you know, by that time I had, you know, I had figured out some things about my body and that I liked girls and it was just over. <laughs> it, was just, it was over for basketball yeah. cards. Well, I, look, it happened the same for me, but then I had a resurgence in my late 40s or early 40s, I guess. <laughs> Nostalgia factor, man. Yeah, yeah exactly, for sure. Exactly. It, yeah, is look- fun. it is fun. Like we've done it in the office before, right, Lee? Like. People yep. send us unopened packs of like cards from the nineties. It's like, God, I get a I get a rush just opening oh, up yeah. a pack from ninety one for some reason. It's weird. Oh, it's awesome. I've got like hundreds and hundreds of cards now in my house and uh it's weird, sure. It's no doubt it's, it's weird, but it's also fun. Why not? Yeah. You know. If you can talk know, to if, if you can talk to Hall of Famers and Legends about it, it makes it a whole lot more fun. Yeah. You know what's so amazing about that too is that I wanna say I started collecting maybe the end of Kevin Garnett's rookie year. And yep. so, therefore, that summer when Steph, who I call the real Steph, Steph Marbury <laughs> and AI. And I Ray thought you were talking about Steve Nash, Steve Nash for a second. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> Steve Nash, Jermaine O'Neal, Kobe, all these guys got drafted in that draft. And even then, I was like, and especially after that slam cover, I was yep. like, these are the coolest dudes I've ever seen in my life. And I was just obsessed with collecting cards. Those guys drove me to want to go out and get the Antoine Walker rookie card. It was, <laughs> it was incredible. Man. I was going to say, do you remember the best card you think you owned? Man. Like, that was obviously a player. Or maybe you just love. Yeah. Like- I, it was probably, I probably had a Topps Allen Iverson. Okay. And there was this idea, and I don't know, there was just always this buzz and this idea around Iverson that he was special. And, yep. it, and it was always, you know, and when you were card collecting, it was like the rookie card is the card. Totally. Right. And so you're getting in on Allen Iverson, which is what, again, why I call it 
legal gambling for kids. Like you're buying exactly. these cards in hopes that you're gonna get that one card that makes you a thousandaire someday. Um, <laughs> I, and I, I've shared the story on the podcast before. I mean, at the height of my you know card fandom, I stole from a store. I stole a Kevin Johnson rookie card, which is so weird. But I stole it for my buddy Grish for his birthday. <laughs> Just pocketed it, <laughs> took it home, threw it in a card. Like, I wrote him a card and said, happy birthday, bro. He's like, wow, Kevin Johnson rookie card. And the thing, <laughs> I swear Johnson. to God, I'm pretty sure it was $50 at the time. Like, what a racket. Yeah. Um, was, that, was that Kevin Johnson Cavs rookie, though? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, maybe oh collector's goodness. item. But that's how that's... you write. It was crazy was. Yeah, and, and again, you know, you would compare your collection with your friends yeah. and and you weren't, a, again, you weren't a series collector if you let it have the bunny ears at the top, the special cards <laughs> had to go in a hard plastic case to ensure that it would stay in pristine condition yep. when yep. eventually you would sell to somebody, I don't know who, you would sell this card to <laughs> so somebody silly. who thought it was so valuable. <laughs> so silly. Yeah, I gotta keep it mint, gotta keep it yeah, mint. Yep. The only other card story I have is one of my biggest fights with my next door neighbor. Shout out to Dwayne Kelly. We lived side by side. Was my best friend growing up, obviously, just because of proximity. Um, but a great guy. And I remember once we got into a huge fight. Who knows what it was about? And I think it was me, or I can't remember if it was me or him, but one of us ripped up a Grant Fuhrer. Remember Grant Fuhrer, hockey goalie? Of course. Um, and uh, I, I think it was me ripped it up in front of him, and it was his card or something. Like that was like. <laughs> It was like killing his dog or something right. like at the time. Like it was brutal. Mm -hmm. I mean, well, was, it didn't sound like you really monster. liked him. You sounded like your best friends just because of proximity. No, anyways, no, he was one of my best friends, man. Grand you know, Fuhrer. look, we we have we fallen out of touch. He moves away, I move <laughs> away. You know, but uh, shout out to Dwayne Kelly. He used to There's catch something. with the right hand. Don't see too many of those guys. Who, Grant Fuhrer? Yeah. yeah. Remember Grant Fuhrer was? You even know what I'm talking about? Remember him? Um, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. The very little bit of hockey that I did know was all Rangers um, and Devils. Marty Brodeur. Okay, yeah. Mike Richter. Am I getting oh, that Mike right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're Mike. banging at home. I got yeah, cards yeah, yeah. behind me. I got a lot of basketball or uh, baseball yeah. and hockey cards behind me. Uh, I got a David Cohn. You're in Queens. This of guy's course, on the mess. Of right course, here. David. See, baseball, I know. Okay. Baseball, yeah. I know. I was actually a fan. I would actually watch games. Hockey, it was one of those things where Messier won the championship. And, you know, I, I like, let's face it, it wasn't a big deal in my black-ass neighborhood. But <laughs> right. I could tell that it was a big deal elsewhere <laughs> sure. in the city. Sure. Um, and, and so that's what I remember. Um, that's my dog, Ted. Um, he's a he's awoken, so... Your no, dog's name is Ted? His name is Theodore. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but um, we call him Ted or Teddy or whatever. I've always enjoyed a human name for an animal. I got to be honest. I just love it. It's like, oh, that's Ted again. Acting yeah, because you don't want to name the dog Fido. Yeah, or, I know. I'm with you. Or, you know, Hutch or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We, we have veered onto a wicked tangent there. I love it. Uh, final piece of news. You know we're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash no dunks inc well i guess it's official we're now on facebook all right that's right garth okay so we got waz on here we thought we would do some big bubble questions for big waz again some silly ones some serious ones uh, like our first one I, I would say is serious though we learned yesterday was of the 322 players the nba tested since this campus idea opened just two returned positive and the nba says that neither of those players actually cleared quarantine so They've left the campus. They never actually were into the bubble, which I guess is, is good news. 
We also learned that uh, Russell Westbrook, another star player, did test positive for the virus, and he'll be coming later in theory once he clears quarantine. So my first question is, on a scale of 1 to 10, Waz, um, you know, 10 being very, very confident, 1, shut it down. How confident are you about this entire NBA restart plan working? 11, 12. Wow. And, and, and not in the, see, working is a tricky word there. Because for somebody like you and I, if LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard and Giannis Antetokounmpo don't see this thing through, it didn't work. But for the purposes of the NBA, which is playing out a season yep. or a season like organism or substance, it's going to happen. You think because, there will be someone handed a championship trophy yes, at, yes, at some point? Yes, because both sides are extremely motivated for that to be the case. And that's why I know it's going to happen. The only reason to even start this thing back up and do this disjointed, you know, facsimile of an NBA season and playoff and championship crown is to fulfill their financial obligations. Mm -hmm. Everybody decided, like, we cannot jeopardize this money. And so let's go out, play games. The, 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 the TV partners can't say we didn't play the games. They can't say we didn't crown a championship, run a playoff. Now, will it be anything like what we saw in 2019, 18, and the 75 years that came before it? Probably not. Mm -hmm. But will they go through this regular season and crown a championship? 100% yes, they will. Yeah, Lee, you've been a little more hesitant with this thing actually coming to completion, like Waz yeah. is saying, there'd be a championship. You think a lot of things could still go wrong, and, then, and they obviously could. Though, what, have your, what has been your reaction to hearing a lot of the players? I know Kyle Lowry yesterday going on about, like, damn, the protocols are legit here, and yeah. we'll get to some of the guys breaking them a little bit later on and, and, you know, having to penalize themselves and be quarantined even longer. But what do you think of what we're hearing from the players after a week or so there before they've actually played the games? Are you more confident? A, a little more confident, yeah. I mean, they're, they're certainly uh, not taking any chances. I know uh, as well seeing some of the NBA reporters down there, they're being tested all the time. They're banned from even leaving their room. We've seen Ben Colliver storming around his room trying to get exercise in there. But uh, as far as the players and the coaches and the staff, yeah, everyone seems to really understand that, like, there's no risk. Uh, well, well, there's risk, of course, but you can't take any chances whatsoever. We've got to make sure that once you're in there, you don't leave and you follow all the guidelines. And if everyone does that, then it certainly increases the chances. Someone like a Russell Westbrook who wasn't even there, I mean, that's great that they were able to catch that before he even joined the team because that's all it takes is one guy to sort of slip through the system and that can just go through an entire team and mm -hmm. then knock them out entirely. So um, I think the NBA has certainly done a very good job in preparing this bubble and getting everything set for it. But of course, uh, that's for the players and the staff. We know there is still a problem with the Disney staff who are apparently going to be able to come and go freely, which is going to, that's going to add another layer of uh, risk to it. So I think, um, I think the NBA is doing a very good job in, in uh, how they're getting it all set up. But again, it's still, it's, it's a long, what, in from, from July 30 until October 12. That's a very, very big window for, for nothing to go wrong. Right. Um, so, you know, obviously, of course, as the further it goes on, there's less teams, there's fewer players. Um, 
So you but then, hope... but then there's family, which that, is that's right. So there's yeah. different elements that come into it. So uh, yeah. yeah, so I, I definitely I, I've been impressed anyway with how the NBA has taken how serious they've taken it. Not that they were going to you know take any cavalier chances, of course, but uh, I've been impressed with just how how strict it has been and how serious they know that uh, that if they have to cancel this halfway through or, or later on, that is going to be a, a complete disaster. Well, we're in the thick of it right now because you mentioned those two players that have contracted it since they got to Orlando Skeets. I know you kind of said it, and it's kind of... It's, it's kind a little of, cloudy, right, this, this reporting on this, because the NBA test is saying they were not in the campus, but you're right, or not in the bubble, but you are right. They went to Orlando. They went to Orlando, and, and that's the tested, tricky part. Yeah. We got Major League Soccer, bubble adjacent, uh, as it's called. They had to, two of their teams left. Uh, they, they left Orlando because it was running through their teams. And the right. big problem was they're coming down with the virus. They're coming from their team or from their cities uh, with the virus. So the scary part is, yeah, those those two dudes. And it's not a, a, a very clear what's going on with these players. They're isolating at home or in isolation housing after getting to Orlando. So right. is there going to be a case where it's going to run through a team or run through a staff, which we haven't been, they haven't told us at all about the staff since getting down there. Uh, that I mean, it's right now. I think you know. It, yeah, the the, uh, the Disney employees is definitely another layer. Families in uh, when it comes to the uh, the conference finals when they get there, that's another layer for sure. But right now is the big time because the the transition happening, and uh, yeah, it's it's. James Harden's not there. Uh, Nikola Jokic isn't there. Bam Adebayo's not there. Russell Westbrook obviously not there. The Rockets are just going to be playing warm-up games. Uh, I think. I mean, this hurts them. This hurts them big time. They're talking about uh, playing defense, and and PJ Tucker says our guys don't talk on defense. And two of their best players, the guys who are you know supposed to stop the other team from uh, getting to the three-point line, aren't even there yet. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, this this hurts their chances. I think it it just hopefully you know they, this buffer period from mid to late. July here, even if, you know, we don't see good basketball come seeding games, which I'm getting less and less confident we're going to watch anything but glorified warm-ups happening out there. Mm-hmm. If they can at least get everybody healthy, I mean, that's what this period was built in for, and then we'll see some real good playoffs. And as was said, as long as those guys are out there, Harden and Westbrook, if he's recovered, um, and who knows what's going on with Harden and Jokic, if he's recovered, like these guys, there could be some long-term effects. So uh, I do agree, though, with Waz. If they start playing and Giannis and all of these guys make it to the finals, success is, is and working is probably the, the proper term. The other thing, though, I think we have to remember is, yeah, it can be working perfectly fine within this bubble that the NBA has you know, gone overboard with all of the protocols and the safety and good on them. But what ha- what we gotta remember what's going on outside the bubble, and if there is pressure from the state of Florida, uh, not gonna the, happen. The optics of the rest of the country, like my God, you know, people, we don't have hospital beds, we don't have tests, whatever. Like it gets that to that extreme, which it is going that way. I mean, are we then just fine to answer, right? At least they're playing fine in the, this NBA bubble. At least we can watch this at eight o'clock every night. Like there could be pressure. Was a little bit? No, maybe I'm wrong. To actually stop the yeah, damn thing, even if they're, they're safe inside it, I might be I might be in the minority here, but I see that as a failure of the federal government, yeah, and not an overreach of the NBA. Um, the NBA, if do not have as much resources as the federal government, <laughs> let's just mm-hmm. face it. Like the sheer number, um, you know, the Fed came out and gave Wall Street four trillion dollars to stabilize the market. 
So if we got four trillion for that, if we really, really, really wanted to invest in a robust right. testing program, we could probably do it mm -hmm. because the federal government has more resources just by definition <laughs> than the NBA does. So if that becomes the case and the NBA can't explain like, this is not an NBA failure that we've done things right. This is a failure outside of us. Mm -hmm. We've put our resources into making sure that we could create a very safe environment for people. And so the, you know, the concept that the optics would be messed up, that the NBA is doing it right, rather than the NBA is doing it right. And so therefore they're an example. Right. Right. Um, I, I you know, I, I, I just don't buy that, but I'm also somebody who, I have a blind spot for the perception issues that I feel like are just special to the NBA, that the NBA is constantly battling a perception issue. And so I don't know, you mm. know, like for instance, um, I was talking to somebody the other day about, you know, the NBA is highly linked to China because they do business there. Right. I'm like, American business has been in China for 40 years. What the? The NBA is the face of American business in China? How? Right. You know, right. but again, like, it's what, for whatever reason, the NBA is constantly in a battle with their perception in this country. And so who knows what could happen with that? I'm just telling you, if you can't combat, we're competent and the rest of the country isn't, and that makes us bad, I don't know. Right. I love it. Well, look. I said we would get to a couple of these players that broke some rules already and uh, have been penalized. Uh, Bruno Caboclo of the Rockets, he was oh. unaware, I guess. Yeah, Bruno. Bruno. Uh, he was unaware that he was not allowed to leave his room. You know, he was during the quarantine phase, that little lockdown phase when they first got there. And uh, this is despite all of the players, all of the staff knowing this protocol, and he broke it. Um, he says he wasn't unaware, he was unaware of that, but anyway, he is now forced to really, I mean, not force, I guess he can, in theory, just straight up leave if he wanted to, but uh, he has to now be in quarantine for 10 days, he's already like seven or eight days in, and Rashawn Holmes, we learned, crossed the Disney campus line to pick up delivery <laughs> food, and now must quarantine for these 10 days, again, he's got like seven or eight days remaining, so they're taking this damn serious, one of the questions we were going to have for you was, even though we now have some answers, but like, which player is most likely to get himself in trouble? And why? And I guess the second question of that is, are we going to see more of this, uh, of guys intentionally or unintentionally breaking the rules and, uh, and you know, getting a slap on the wrist because of it? What do you think? First, I want to say Bruno Caboclo needs a better agent. He should have did like Sammy Sosa in Congress and act like he don't speak English. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I had language barrier, guys. But, you know, the, to answer your question, though, J.E., uh, it's got to be the guy who allegedly accidentally overdosed on edibles on a team flight. That's my bet yeah. <laughs> for somebody who might be getting in trouble during the bubble and quarantine. He got, he accidentally overdosed on edibles at work, y'all. At work. Right. Interesting. Okay, when he's on the flight, you're considering he's at work. Of course, you're with yeah, your bosses, you're yeah. with your colleagues. That's work time. You don't yeah. just get to do whatever you want. When you get to your house, you're officially off the clock. But once you're <laughs> team facility, team plane, yeah. the arena, you on work time, brother. 
So Dion Waiters is a possibility here. Uh, okay, well, back that's, to that's, Rashawn. That's the low-hanging fruit, though, I think there was for well, Dion yeah. Waiters, isn't it, really? I mean, well, uh, <laughs> you, you know, I, I think it's going to be a bit of a shocker, you know, someone who sort of is going to test the test the boundaries a little bit and, the, and then the NBA is going to have to come down hard on them. I mean, maybe it's a James Harden, you know. He's thinking like, nah, I, I can sneak out. I can get some takeout. They won't do it to me, but... You know, they're going to have to, aren't they? If, if, if it's anyone, they're going to have to dish out the same punishment. Yeah. No, and it, honestly, I don't want to see any guy have to be, like, in his hotel room for 10 days. But if the NBA is going to pull this off, they have to be serious about it. Yeah. And so if a guy just went and picked up, you know, Uber Eats and he went to a spot he wasn't supposed to and didn't follow the protocols correctly, like Holmes, then, sorry, that's just the way it's got to be. I mean, they put the rules in place to try and keep everybody safe, try and keep the virus out. And you broke the rules, man. Like... You gotta pay the punishment now. I'm surprised that no one has used the player hotline snitch line quite yet. Like, yeah. Hey, uh, uh, you basically pick up the phone and call a number and say this guy's leaving his room. He's he's going to get Postmates. Uh, you know, pick him up. And and I guess the 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 obvious answer for who would do that first is Chris Paul. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. But he's saving it. He's saving that man. Saving that for the playoffs. He's saving that for the playoffs. He's yeah. he and right. and I think that's when you're gonna see the snitch hotline start going into <laughs> overdrive. And it's not just gonna apply to players. You're gonna see coaches getting snitched on, trainers getting snitched on. Anything for a competitive advantage, I think you're gonna see it. And and I don't think it's just gonna be relegated to the Chris Paul types. You're gonna see guys be like, oh, okay, I can do that and get that. In. Okay, I'm gonna do it. These guys are not dumb. And, and, and guys enjoy it. And guys enjoy a competitive advantage. Yeah, and Chris Paul's not dumb either. Like you said, Bruno Caboclo should have been covering his ass saying, I don't speak English. Chris Paul will probably have somebody call in for him. He'll probably have his like Chris Paul Jr. call in for him. It'll be the State Farm Chris Paul. Um, what food, was would you uh, break quarantine for? You would pull over Sean Holmes because you're like, God damn it, I want that food. Yeah, In Orlando? Yeah, that's true. Probably See, out here, it would probably be for some kick-ass Thai or Mexican food out okay. here in Los Angeles. Because that's what Los Angeles specializes in. Thai food, Mexican food. Um, and if, if I was in New York, of course, it'd probably be an incredible slice of pizza. Okay. Um, but in Orlando, I don't yeah. know what the local cuisine is, but I'm sure they've got some kind of great steakhouse there. So it'd probably be for some amazing either New York strip or ribeye, of course, medium rare, bone in, you know? <laughs> like to suck on that bone, y'all. I gotta suck on the bone. <laughs> Lee, what about you? What are you crossing the, the boundary for to get some, mm. to break quarantine for food? Is there anything? Well, yeah, you know what it is? It's actually going to pick my own bananas because uh, we've been getting a lot of Instacart delivery lately, but they don't treat bananas with respect, man. The bananas no. come bruised and beaten up. I've had to throw out so many of them, and I'm like, "All right, whoa, whoa, I, don't throw them out. Throw them in the freezer. Make some banana bread later." Uh, they're not, they're not salvageable. Some of them, man. They're no. just they're, because they've been squashed and thrown in the car and, and just treated with disrespect. Mm. So uh, I would have to be like, "I'm sorry, I'm going to have to go to Whole Foods and get my own bananas here." What do you want the bananas hanging from the person's uh, rearview mirror when they pull up? Like, like, I just, they put hey, them in a bag, you're, man. You're someone who, who who appreciates how well foods should be packed at the grocery store. I think people leave <laughs> there true. and they're just they're just shoving the bananas in like with everything. They don't they don't really care for them. Yeah, and that said, times have changed right now, Lee. You got to get the hell in and out of a grocery store as quick as you can, man. Yeah. Throw the banana, just chuck them in the cart. Let's no, go. No, no, yeah. put them on, put them at the end, put them last, and, and make sure you pick the right ones as well. That's the other thing. People just grab any bananas 
You know, I need them not yet ripe. I need yeah, them to ripen them at home. Yeah, they got to be a little green. A little when green, you, when, yeah. When you're picking yeah. Only take a day or two in this heat to really ripen up. But uh, yeah, I've had some really frustrating experiences with bananas in this quarantine. Uh, Tass, <laughs> if you broke quarantine to pick up food, would we see a tweet from your wife, who is basically a professional chef, like Rashawn Holmes' mom, tweeting at him, "Hey, you're only supposed to cross the line for my food, for mom's food." Would Danielle say that to you? If you went and picked what up, is, you know, a pizza slice or something like that? Uh, yeah. Um, would she probably. be upset? Yeah. No, yeah. she doesn't tweet much. Uh, yeah, she would give it to me personally. What What? What does that mean, though? What does Rashawn Holmes' mom mean? Like, cross oh, the line? Oh, she's saying, oh, he, you know, mama's, co- cooking. mama's home yeah. cooking. That's the only uh, thing uh, putting yourself at risk for. So it was it's, a pretty funny tweet. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, like Waz said, I mean, the local cuisine down there is Disney, I think. I think that's, when you, I've been, I've spent, it is, I, we've spent, uh, you know, a few days down there in Orlando, it's Disney all the time. But, uh, you know, I'm not a, an Orlando expert. Actually, I saw the great Jamel Hill tweet. I've lived in Orlando for seven years. Y'all going to be really disappointed when we find out he risked it all for Longhorn Steakhouse. So, Waz, you're right. <laughs> Waz is it's right. a steak. It's a steak. That's what everybody's going to risk it for. That's, got, that's the best Orlando food you got right there. It's probably true. So, all right. So, he is now, uh, he, he will be with the team in theory. He's just got to be in his hotel room like he's Ben Gulliver for the next seven days. All right. Let's get, to, uh, let's get back to a basketball question here for you, Waz. Which player, and you can tell us why, do you think is under the most pressure in this bubble situation, in this, the rest of the season situation? Um, I think you got to look at guys with contracts coming up. Yep. Um, and if you know, and I don't know if it's a lot of pressure, but if I'm somebody like Jason Tatum, who maybe some folks think he did enough, um, within that two month stretch where he was basically a world beater, um, to get to to lock in the absolute max value that he can with the Celtics. But I think it's somebody like him. I think it's somebody like AD, who uh. You know, even though this is a disjointed playoffs and not so much for his contract because he's, yeah. you know, he's locked into a Supermax. But, like, because the playoffs are still going to be the playoffs, um, he's somebody who's been kind of unproven, right? Like, a bunch of first and second round exits on, let's face it, also ran type of NBA playoff teams. Mm-hmm. I would say somebody like AD in the superstar realm is somebody you got to say, all right, we're watching you, AD, for the first time in your life. You're playing on a team that is expected to compete for a championship. And you are seen as one of the best players on that team. And so it's going to be because of you, mm-hmm. you know, partly in a, in a huge part because of you, if or when they're able to succeed in that way as far as the championship is concerned. So I'd say AD. AD, okay. That's an interesting, interesting take. I didn't see that pick being uh, thrown out there from Waz. And the Tatum, just back to Tatum for a second. You don't think Tatum is, is going to basically be guaranteed max money? I mean, it's the Celtics, right? Like, uh, like nobody drives a harder bargain than those dudes. And and let's face it, if they can figure out a reason to not give them the absolute, right? Like, because of the way the CBA is structured, the Celtics can pay. There's a there's an in-between line between what another team can pay him and mm-hmm. what the Celtics can pay him at their absolute max. And if they can figure out a way to save a couple of dollars, I'm sure they will. Wow, that's a uh, very Danny Ainge like, I guess. Yeah. You're not mm-hmm. wrong there. Yeah, what I you think say, there's pressure on Jason Tatum to be awesome in this postseason because the Celtics' offense does run dry at times, and I know we're all just salivating like we're Ted watching Jason Tatum uh, play good basketball in, in, in February and March. But uh, the playoffs is a different story, so they're going to be very good. 
they're they're definitely going to be good. But if they if Jason Tatum can get to that level, uh, I think he's probably the only guy that can get to that level. I'm not sure it's on Kemba or Jalen Walker right now to take them to. Uh, potential NBA final I think that's where he does have some pressure because I, I know we're just thinking about Jason Tatum was rocking it in, in February and March uh, but now it now it's superstar time it's that's yeah. that's different time he's had some playoff moments already in his yeah fairly young career I mean he's yeah. Yeah. he showed up before uh, Lee is there anyone else that you would add to this list maybe it is like was was alluded to at the beginning there like a contract guy like a Fred Van Vliet or yeah I know. mean uh, it, it, it's such an unusual circumstance that that in, in a lot of ways, I think most guys sort of get a pass in this because, huh. you know... What about because, coaches? Coaches too, do you think? Well, well, I, I mean, I guess in that sense, you're probably looking at Brett Brown uh, most likely to be the one that the Sixers, I feel, are trying to find a reason to fire him um, and Dan Tony as well out in Houston. So if the Sixers make it and they flame out in the first round, I think Brett Brown probably doesn't survive. But if they can get beyond the first round um, and, and into the second round, that's probably enough. Although I think they're sixth at the moment, uh, I believe, when, when the season was suspended. So they, I mean, well, then you think they're not really going in against a team with home court advantage no. because it doesn't really count down there. So um, so definitely, yeah, I mean, Ben Simmons and, and, and Embiid and, and Brett Brown, they're kind of link together those three like they have to figure out a way to make it work because there's no question the talent is there you know they've got the star players they're all star they're all NBA players they're great defensive players but so far I think most of us look at Philadelphia and it just wasn't quite working there this season Al Horford surprisingly wasn't able to really fit into that team they picked up Josh Richardson as well they've got good players on paper but Brett Brown has to find a way to make it work so I think uh, I think minimum for the Sixers is getting out of the first round of the playoffs if they don't do that then uh, then Brett Brown might be in a bit of trouble well they're uh, they're already trying new things Lee well yeah, I'm I, sure I, you saw the news yeah. Ben Simmons in practice, at least, they're playing him at power forward. Shake Milton at the point. Joel Embiid says he's loving it. Simmons says he's all in on it. Brown says, you know, we would have, in theory, maybe even done this when we first drafted him, but we needed somebody to play the point, so we gave the ball to Simmons. What do you think of this possible experiment we see when the when the season kicks off again of Simmons not playing point? What do you think? Uh, I mean, positional-wise, when it comes to Ben Simmons, it's all semantic, right? Like, who is he going to guard? That's that's really all that matters. And he's been somebody who's guarded power forwards in the past. Yeah. He's, and that's, a, to me, one of his probably his greatest strength, his defensive versatility, his ability to guard one through four with no problem because of his strength, his quickness, um, and is it at just his sheer athletic ability and explosiveness? So this doesn't really surprise me much. Um, ben Simmons can guard most of the NBA's power forwards. He's that talented yeah. defensively. But one more guy I think we should keep our eye on as far as pressure is concerned, also in the Eastern Conference, is Chris Middleton. And that's because if the Bucks thing is seen as not being able to work, it's going to be because Chris Middleton – or that's what people are going to say. It's because Chris Middleton isn't good enough. And mm-hmm. therefore, that's why Giannis Antetokounmpo, the, um, probably the greatest player outside of Kareem in the history of that franchise, um, is leaving. Right. <laughs> right, <laughs> They're right. going to say he left town because the likes of Chris Middleton and Dante DiVincenzo and, and the rest weren't good enough to win a championship. So if that thing is seen as not being able to work, as presently constituted, it's going to be because their second best player, their max player, Chris Middleton, yeah. wasn't good enough. It's not gonna, They're not going to say it's because Giannis isn't good enough. Yeah, so, so similar to sort of what you were saying, in a way, to Anthony Davis, right? It's like yep. you're the second guy. 
Yep. You you get paid the big money. You're a star. You're an all star, and you gotta show up in the playoffs to help out your uh, other, you know, all star there. Yeah, I, I think there's some truth to that. And Middleton had, you know, an underrated season. I, I think the casual fan almost has no idea. Yeah, the season Middleton that is. people think Jason Tatum had. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Well, that's a good way to put it. Maybe. Um, so can he continue that in the playoffs? He's had moments in the playoffs too where he has completely disappeared. He's had really rough games, and then you never want like. You never want the offers uh, type of games from your max another max guy on your roster. He's just gotta yeah. you gotta pencil him in for twenty every night in any sort of playoff game. He's gotta hit shots, and he's and he's a good defender too. He's actually a little underrated, I think, on that end. So that's a that's a good one because and that's just because of expectations. Like the Lakers, yep. oh, they should be a, a title contender. They should be in the championship uh, finals. Same with the Bucks. Uh, who and Giannis's contract is looming. Oh, that's true. Like too. that's the thing; it's looming, and there's this perception that he's only going to leave if this thing is seen as not championship worthy. Mm-hmm. And so when you when you consider all of that, where somebody could put it on you that Giannis, the likes of Giannis, a generational talent like Giannis Antetokounmpo, left because you weren't good enough. You know, <laughs> that's yeah. that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, for sure. Who do you have was as a, a dark horse title contender? You know, we talk about the Lakers, the Bucks, probably the Clippers in the mix there as the legit favorites. But who would you have as a, you know, potential dark horse title contender for here in the bubble? And I promise this is not a pander. Oh, here we, we go. We the North, baby. Oh, <laughs> I love it. And, and if not a title contender, somebody who can go to the finals mm. for sure. Um, I just, I, to me, but, but what I, first of all, what I love about the Raptors is that when they traded for Kawhi Leonard, um, I immediately picked them to go to the finals. Everybody was jacking the Celtics and the Bucks. Not not the Bucks so much. That's a lie. But the Celtics were the team, and I was like, nope. Um, the Raptors now have the best player in the Eastern Conference. Um, the defensive versatility of that team is going to be off the charts. Mm-hmm. They're the best team in the East. They're going to go to the finals. So not only did they go to the finals. They won it, made me look like a genius. So I love the Raptors just for my own vanity purposes. Um, secondly, what I love about them is just the intensity. Um, this team plays hard every single night. Uh, they play with a level of cohesion and togetherness that you just don't see on NBA teams, right? And so I think in the bubble atmosphere, the Raptors come in with an advantage of that cohesion. I don't think it's going to take time for that to happen. They're going to hit the gate and just... I promise you they're going to be mauling people because they play so hard. They play so together. I mean, when it comes to IQ, basketball IQ on that team, from a Kyle Lowry to a Fred Van Vliet to Mark Gasol, the, the, just the collective basketball IQ, both offensively and defensively of this team. I love them. And, of course, Nick Nurse, probably the league's best coach right now. Yep. And, I, again, I'm not just saying that because of hyperbole. I just think his – Willingness to try things. He's not, he'll never get stuck in the mud on a strategy. He's willing to change on the fly. He's, his adjustments are second to none, and he's shown it throughout the course of a championship run. And then he came back this season and added more adjust, adjustments, for instance, um, letting guys shoot threes, letting teams shoot threes, um, but letting them shoot the right threes. Yep. Uh, I just think uh, the Raptors, as far as dark horses, to get to the championship, specifically in the Eastern Conference, man, I, I love the Raptors. Let me just interject here with a uh, call we always make in this uh, moment. Was 
Homer. <laughs> he's not wrong though, Lee. He's not wrong. No, he's not wrong. just laid it all out there. The reasons why they should be considered a dark horse title contender. They got a chip I, on their shoulder too. Yeah, I've been saying all season. I think when the Raptors are at full strength, I think they're as good as anyone in the Eastern Conference. I think the Bucks are the favourite and they deserve yep. to be. But yep. I don't think the Raptors are scared of them. I don't think the Raptors are scared of the Celtics. You know, like like any team. And even, you know, I always refer to how Greg Popovich, one of the greatest coaches, maybe the greatest ever, he always says, you just need a little bit of luck still in the playoffs. Sure. And, and, and that's, you know, that's the thing with the Raptors is if they get to that right spot and they get to a position where, hey, they can they can sense that they can take down one of those big teams. I have no doubt that they could do it. Um, even if these other teams on paper look a little bit more intimidating, uh, you know, with some younger guys, some more athletic guys. But the Raptors have been there. They're experienced. They're deep. They're very well coached by Nick Nurse, as was was saying there. Um, they just had it, and even with all the injuries they battled this season, they still had themselves what third when the uh, when second. when the oh, second other yeah when the. Yeah. Uh, when the suspension uh, the suspension came, so yeah, I, I think um, I think the Raptors are a, somehow a dark horse in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, well, you said you said deep there. Uh, you guys talked about their, their depth, and I think that's the most fascinating part, right? Like I've heard many other. I think I just heard uh, Eric Kareen on Zach Lowe's podcast talking about this idea of like the Raptors are never going to have the best player probably in a series. Yeah. Like they're not. I mean, and as much as I love Kyle Lowry and Siakam yeah. and all that, and like all-star level guys, don't get me wrong, but there are going to be maybe better players on the other side that they're playing. But, okay, that's the star at the top. Try and show me another team that from, you know, three through nine, three through ten even on the roster that can match the Raptors' depth. There's, I don't think there's anyone that even really comes all that close, I actually think. But, so that's good. But then what do we always say? And I think there is some truth to it. I mean... The team that has the best player can go on to generally win the series because yeah. when it's you know nut crunching time, you know you got to need to get a big bucket. You got to go to your star and can Siakam do what Kawhi Leonard did or can Lowry do what Kawhi Leonard did? I that's where my hesitance comes in, even as a Raptors fan. And as much as I love this team and the coach, like you said, and all that, and the chip on their shoulder, I love all that. Um, but who's just going to be the guy in, in a one point game to get them the bucket? Um, or can you do it as a team? I, I, I don't mm. know. It remains to be seen. Tass, what do you think? Yeah, listen. Uh, Dark Horse, I think, it is a fine name for them, even though it's crazy because they're the second seed. But I think because they got to the second seed and sort of, uh, and, and sort of uh, overreached people's expectations, I think uh, we're forgetting that Kawhi Leonard's not there. And so, <laughs> like, like you just said, uh, Skeets, I, and Waz talked about their defensive versatility. Yeah. But uh, Kawhi Leonard was so key in sure. going on to Giannis Tetacupo, uh, uh, being a big part of, of stopping uh, the Sixers and Embiid and Simmons. And and so, yeah, they just got by the Sixers and then they somehow turned it. And that luck happened last year, like Lee mentioned. But uh, I just, I, it's just, it's it's going to be tough on the uh, on the offensive end, I think. Um, but hey, man, maybe Siakam can impress. I think that two three series, if we get it with the Celtics and the and the Raptors. Uh, is going to be awesome because it's. I think it's like fairly equal up and down the rosters. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think the Bucks would. Um, obviously, they're the favorite, but the Bucks I think would contend and say, "Hey, we're pretty good three through ten as well." Um, but you know, it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a battle. It's it's yeah, like Giannis. I know is uh, thinking the exact same thing as Waz was talking about the Raptors coming into this, and they're going to be relentless. They're going to be hard. They're going to they're going to come out because he's Giannis. He doesn't take days off, and the break really helped him uh, because he wasn't a hundred percent. So, listen, if we get that series, um, 
it's going to be fun, but I don't know who's taking the Raptors, even on this Homer podcast. I don't know who is going to take <laughs> Well, what about the Western Conference, Waz? I mean, again, Clippers, Lakers, can you convince yourself, can you talk yourself into any other team as a no. dark horse title contender? You're shaking your no. head no. No, no. no. I, I've, seen, I've seen the Rockets murmurs because of the high variance of the three-point shooting and they could get hot and they had the little stretch where they were, you know, they put a winning streak together and they looked like a good team. It's just like the thing about that stretch that they had, if people were watching those games, they were winning those games on defense. Mm. They were playing defense like um, White Woge from Duke, right? Slapping the floor. Like, it was <laughs> high-intensity, end-to-end defense from five guys playing on a string because they realized if they did not do that, they would get embarrassed. Mm -hmm. There's no way for them to come out and play some sort of base set defense and just let things happen. They had to be aggressive to have a competent defense. And they knew that because they were playing this, you know, ultra, the tiniest lineup in NBA history, right? Um, But I think in a playoff setting where teams get to pick the weak points of that defense, which of which there are plenty. When you talk about James Harden and Russell Westbrook led defenses, um, they're gonna get figured out. People are gonna shred that team to <laughs> to pieces. I, 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 and, and I think offensively, they're gonna be easy to figure out, right? It's basically spread it out. Let let Russ and, and Harden ice. So I think teams are going to figure it out matchup-wise, how to neutralize that. And defensively, they're going to find the weak points, the soft spots, and beat those guys up. Um, Denver, no thank you. Uh, like, as much as uh, – I'm, I'm somebody who um, – I definitely was late to the Jokic party. Uh, I was a, a strict non-believer, specifically just, just you know, just defensively. I'm just like this dude is so damn slow, and he can't jump, right? It's 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 the combination of the two things. It's like, all right, like you, you you're you're not gonna move your feet, and when you are there, like it's not like you're gonna give some fantastic contest right. like old school Roy Hibbert, right? Yeah. And so I was very apprehensive to join the Jokic train. But, you know, as I start watching him more and more and his, his genius level passing and, you know, my favorite thing about Jokic, quite frankly, is one-on-one, -on -one, he's going to put you underneath the basket. Yep. When he yep. backs pretty much anybody down, he's like huge. you can't put a, a switch on him. Yeah. He's, he's slamming his body into you <laughs> and, he's, and he's moving you no matter who you are. And that's when I sort of gained a certain level of, I'm like, man, in crunch time, you can't put one on the ball. And when you send two, he's gonna find the open guy. That's an incredible weapon. Right. And so as much as I've come to love and enjoy Jokic as a player, uh, I just think the surrounding parts, like, uh, you know, I, I, sorry for, wanna, about the You Canadian. don't want to be a homer? You don't want to be a no, homer right Jamal now? No, Jamal Murray, no, he disappointed <laughs> me this season. Yeah, um, I was expecting him to come out and be a bona fide all-star player. Maybe a, a Kyrie Light, if you mm -hmm. will, right? A guy that's going to kill you off of the dribble on the pull-ups. Um, Capacit enough that, you know, you didn't guard him as if he had blinders on and would just kill you in pick and roll. He just hasn't done that. He was hesitant to take threes this year. Um, he just didn't show me the player that I thought he was going to be. And so therefore, I'm like, and Gary Harris, forget about it. This guy yeah. fell off of a freaking cliff this season. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm just a non-believer in what they could bring to the table. And I happen to be in Los Angeles. I've watched the Lakers and Clippers all year. They're the best two teams in the conference, just yeah. straight up and down. There's no two ways about it.
Yeah. I think my favorite Dark Horse team I've seen thrown out there is from Ethan Sherwood-Strauss. Point of contention. You can hear it on the uh, the Athletic NBA show later this week. He's back in the Thunder as a wild card pick. Lee, Lee, I know you were high on the Thunder. Pre-quarantine, you were like, you were calling that the Thunder were going to beat the Rockets, if I, if, I, if, I, if I remember correctly. It was a long time ago. Yeah. So ESS right there with you. Like the Thunder. Shocking the world. I think he laid some coin on them. Maybe 100 to 1 uh, odds, if I remember correctly. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, I don't know if I'd start laying coin on them, but it's it's more the story that I think Chris Paul really showed this season. He's almost better when he doesn't have those superstars around him. He's almost better as like if he can just sort of raise those guys uh, around him to become better players. Like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, who was a good player, but I think he really benefited from playing from someone experienced like Chris Paul. Steven Adams, you know, he's a very reliable player. He doesn't do all that much offensively, but he knows what to do set screen run to the rim get those balls and dunk it and defensively play very well so I like the pieces coming together I think Billy Donovan did a fantastic job coaching them this season it took him a couple of weeks to get things going but once Chris Paul once it was pretty clear that like let Chris Paul sort of call the shots on this team and they can be a good team it's like when Chris Paul was in his early days there in New Orleans you know like I know he had David West and Stoyakovich good he's the maestro man exactly he's just better when no one is really contesting whose team it is and I think we saw a little bit of that with the Clippers with Blake Griffin and a little bit of that with James Harden and James Harden doesn't have a great reputation of playing with superstars himself so now Chris Paul it's almost like you know what Chris Paul's at the end of his career the Thunder are no chance and he almost thrived on that situation more so because it was like hey I'm still a good player I don't need to go out there and get 25 points a night he can only do I think he's only averaging like 17 8 or 9 assists a game but he's controlling the pace he's controlling the tempo and then he's also hitting the big shots when they need in the fourth quarter they're a very good team the Thunder in close situations yeah. And again, I think that's uh, that's largely to do with Chris Paul and his ability to sort of make the right play and make the right decision, which has been something that has cost him in the playoffs. So, um, you know, it, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a conundrum there. But I, I love, I just love the way they played this year. I don't think they could beat the Lakers or the Clippers, but I do think they could beat the Jazz the Thunder. As right. The, uh, you, you, could, you could see the Thunder beating any other team in a exactly, uh, best yeah. of seven series. Yeah. Jazz, the Nuggets, and the Rockets. I think they're better than those teams. Uh, so I, I just don't think they've got quite enough to get past the Lakers and or the Clippers. All right. All right. Well, we, uh, we got more questions for Big Waz here. Big bubble questions. But before we do, quick word from our sponsor. Before we uh, you know turn on the mics here, Waz, you were saying you uh, had just gone to a social distanced, I should say, uh, yep. birthday party, like a picnic, an outdoor thing. Yes, um, and you said it was, well, it was hot as balls because you're in the valley. You said yes, well, you know, yes, 100, 100, you said. 100 degrees, literally. <laughs> Jesus. Now my question is, did you, were you rocking the the Hawthorne deodorant? Um, you know, maybe you came back after, jumped in the shower, was using the body wash. Did did it? Did the products help you deal with the heat? Oh, of course. The um, exfoliating body wash is my favorite, probably my favorite product that they sent me outside of the play cologne. Not that I don't like the work cologne, because I do. <laughs> but the play cologne, really, I'm like, okay, they, they, they got the message. And all I did was fill out a survey, less than two minutes, but it's a very detailed survey. And so, you know, you tell them, what do you look for in a soap? I said, I like the exfoliation. So they sent that to me. Right. What do you look for in a shampoo? What do you look for in a <laughs> conditioner? Um, you know, they basically tailor make custom fit each product that they send to you based on, you know, the questionnaire that you filled out. And I'm not going to lie. I have been loving it. I, I, I'm with you. 
I also had never put that much thought ever into any of these products I had ever used before. You know what I mean? Like this quiz, you're right, it's quick. Well, with the with the shampoo I have too, because it's like, you know, I have different hair. Sure. So I can't just go with the Pantene Pro-V or whatever, you know? <laughs> like I do have to think about what shampoo and conditioner that I use because of the hair texture, but they got that covered. So all my brothers and sisters out there, if you're listening, um, Hearthorn has, they, they get it right for the brothers and sisters. They understand that our hair texture is different and they custom fit it to that. Well, there you go. Yeah, you got to take the quiz. Uh, Hawthorne.co. That's Hawthorne with an E on the end. Lee, you, I mean, for everybody watching this later on YouTube, you, you just got out of the shower. I assume you just used some Hawthorne products in there. Your <laughs> hair is so flat today. Yeah, well, I told you yesterday on the show, like you only have to go outside in Atlanta here for five minutes and you're sweating. I took the boys out for a walk this morning and I'm not like Tass. I can't then go from going outside and having a bit of a workout to just plonking myself down and recording a pot. I like to freshen up. So I did. I went and cleaned up, got the hair ready to go. I know we had a guest as well, Big Was. I wanted to look my best for him. I didn't right. want to be too scruffy. So, uh, yeah, I was feeling fresh. I got that body wash on me, smelling fresh, feeling fresh. I'm ready to go outside and sweat it up again in three minutes time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, this guy, I need, I need a ton of Hawthorne right now because you can't really tell, but my... My Yanis sweater is 14 colors because I was just outside working out and I stink. Oh, um, God. Yeah, thankfully, I got Hawthorne products. Damn right. Check on out Hawthorne. Deck, on deck. At Hawthorne.co. Again, that's Hawthorne with an E. .co, not .com. Hawthorne.co. Use the promo code NODUNKS to get 10% off your first purchase. That's Hawthorne.co. Use the promo code NODUNKS to get 10% off your first purchase. Hawthorne.co. All right, thanks for your help with that, Waz. We didn't even talk about that in advance. That guy just killed it. Take some notes there, Lee. That's how you do an ad read, my man. Holy crap. That's fantastic, Waz. Thank you so much for that. I'm, All I'm right. a company man, Jay. <laughs> hey, man. Honest, I, know, like, I know it's an ad read. We get paid for it. The athletic gets paid for it. I legit... I think you do too. Like, no, I actually no, like sure. this product. I'm like, for God sure. damn it. Like, I'm running out of the, uh, like, the, fa- the facial cleanser, and I'm like... Oh, damn, I gotta jump on Hawthorne now, get my, uh, you know, re-up on this. Like, I'm gonna be using this product. It is really good, so go check that out. All right, here's a fun question for you, Waz. You're, in theory, you're an NBA player or you're on a staff. You're in the bubble. What is Waz's go-to bubble activity? Because we've seen a lot of these players fishing, playing cornhole or bago, whatever you want to call it. What would, what would be your one go-to activity that you're like, yep, that's what I'm doing? So I can see, so as somebody who works from home, I couldn't, like being in the house all day is something that I'm actually really used to, mm-hmm. right? And so activities outside of ex- like working out is not something that I generally think about. So I would probably find myself doing the same thing that I do at home anyway, which is watch YouTube all day. <laughs> and more specifically, I'm watching Munchies, I'm watching Bon Appetit. Yep. I'm watching a couple of the other food YouTubers because that's my main go-to bag, honestly. Food YouTube is where I spend a majority, a bulk of my time. You know, cats like Sam the Cooking Guy. Um, there's this, there's a Canadian cat named um, Quan Tran who is great Vietnamese cat. He's incredible. He's hilarious. And a lot of times you're not even watching it for the food. Is these dudes are so hilarious. Characters, yeah. You know, they're characters. And so that's probably what I'd be doing. A lot of YouTube, a <laughs> lot of Netflix, of course, HBO. I fancy myself as a mini, you know, a baby miniature amateur TV critic. So a lot of TV, um, you know, HBO Max and Hulu, 
being um, so you were built for quarantine it oh my like. goodness i'm in the house all day every day <laughs> is is that's what it is when you work from home you don't go into an office my office is the staples center media lounge whenever there happens to be games and even those are you know 41 times a year in the case right. of the clippers so you know um that, 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 like that's what i would be doing i don't know that i'd be going fishing and doing all of that stuff i probably partake in the playing of cards and all of that but a lot of youtube would be being watched. <laughs> wow. All right. Let me ask you this, though. Trey would definitely ask you this, so I have to ask it on his behalf because I know he's a big Bon Appetit fan. And as am I. My wife is, so I see it. It's on the TV all the time. It's on YouTube. Do you have a favorite, um, you know, cook from the Bon Appetit world? So, <laughs> so it's like my kids, you know, like I can't just pick all the time. I do have favorites, but I would probably say um, my favorite is Carla. Because she, Carla, you know, I was, nice. I was, yeah, I was raised by a lot of women, and she reminds me of many of my aunts and my older cousins who were in my life. Like, very assertive, you know, take no crap from yep. anybody type of woman. So I identify with that, and I love Carla. And I also, I'm a fan of Molly because she presents as this dainty blonde, you know, sort of attractive white woman, but she's really like a down home sort of tomboy. And she's like subverting your expectations of what that person would be like. So I'm really interested in, in Molly now, as far as the dudes, of course, I, I mess with Brad. He's, oh, of course. You know, he's a Jersey cat, um, you know, tri-state area, uh, you know, native white dude, which is, you know, the type of cats that I went to high school with, quite frankly. And so, like, Brad is someone, I feel like I know him personally, right. you know, and so I, 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 I love a Brad, but I love Andy too. I'm just a big fan of, of course, how could you not love Claire? Uh, you know, very quirky, just great person. Like, it, it, I love the whole squad. And I know there was the whole uh, controversy that yeah. arose with Sola, who was somebody who's new. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie, guys. I, you know, I, I talked to a bunch of my, not a bunch. I have like three friends that I talked to about Bon Appetit content. And it was months ago. And I was like, look, I love this show, but they need to get some black people on this thing. Yeah. I mean, just give me one, goddammit, you know? And so there was something that I had been noticing. And, you know, slowly they phasing people in, slowly but surely. But I do love Sola as well. Yeah. Wasn't it, um, I think he's, resigned if i'm if i'm not mistaken the yes. editor of the of the magazine bon appetit magazine and sort of yep. in charge of all of this uh adam rapaport yeah he's uh he gone right yeah he was and and you know what's so funny is never liked seeing that dude on camera nobody every liked time, him every was, nobody was, liked him you could tell all the people yes. that were doing their own shows yes. Nobody liked him coming around. You, it's you like, couldn't convince me otherwise. You're the boss that everybody hates. Exactly. Um, and, and so, you know, I'm not going to say I'm sorry. You never want to see anybody lose their job, but I'm not going to say I've been sorry to see him go. I'm sure he got a great severance and he'll get another job yeah, sure fine. somewhere else. I'm sure he's fine. Um, But I'm not, I can't say that I'm sad to see him go. But yeah, I'm, I'm, Bon Appetit is one of those things. As soon as I click on the YouTube interface and I see a Bon Appetit video, it's the first thing I'm clicking on, and I'm watching the whole thing through. No matter whose show it is, what the video is, I'm just a huge fan. Yeah, can you describe to me? Because I, I always see it, and I, I've got to be honest, I haven't watched one or something like that. But I see the Waz eats. Like I see these, like <laughs> I guess either what, is it a little video or something? A little yeah, series yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's just me. We, me and Jade Hoy, who you yeah. guys know, we just decided when quarantine started that we would have to start playing. Around with content, 
And I was like, you know, I, I watch enough food content on YouTube. I could do this thing. And so, <laughs> and so what I did was I made a couple of videos where I made some food. I did a fried chicken oh, sandwich. Okay. I, gotta watch um, I made a cheeseburger. Uh, I think I was going to make spaghetti and meatballs the one day, but we... Whoa, know, we, whoa, whoa. A cheeseburger, yeah, yeah, yeah. spaghetti and meatballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly, one of the time exactly, was. Exactly. I'm a Mario Batali out here. Out here. Um, but, <laughs> but, you know, it, it, we began to dedicate way too much resources to it because, like, video editing takes so much time oh, and, and all of this stuff. And so we slowed it down. But it was just something to do back in March when quarantine first started. It was just like... You know, we want to give people content. We're all home doing nothing anyway. And so, so you, do you like cooking? Do it sounds like you like cooking. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I throw a podcast on. Um, you know, I start chopping vegetables. I start, and I've gotten to the point where I just start getting creative, y'all. I'm, I'm making my own pasta recipes. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm coming up with all kinds of crazy concoctions and sauces and. You know, I got a secret sauce in here. My girlfriend laughs at me all the time because I think it's like actually proprietary. But I got a secret sauce that you can put on chicken sandwiches and burgers. I'll hook you guys up with the recipe on the slide, email it to you, but you gotta, you know, sign a non-disclosure. Um, it's, it's, yeah, 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 I do. I really do enjoy it. It's just something fun. And it's also always cool to learn something, to learn a new skill. And it's a way to be creative at the same time. You're exercising your brain in a way um, when you're coming up with stuff to eat and, 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 you know, yeah, I just, I have a lot of fun with it. Are you dabbling at all in, uh, Armenian cuisine? Cause your girlfriend is Armenian. No, I have not started that yet. Yeah, that's but next I level. Will, but I will tackle it at some point. Right. I, I, I don't think it's anything that's beyond my capabilities anyway, especially, <laughs> especially not the barbecue. Let's face it. You marinate so, some chicken, throw it on the a easiest. grill. You know what I'm saying? And you got Armenian barbecue. I, I'm, don't worry. I'm, I'm going to get to that as soon as I can. <laughs> All right, I love this. I love how much you first off know about Bon Appetit, and now I love to know that you're a big, uh, big chef in the kitchen there. What about you, Tass? Uh, what would be your go-to bubble activity if you were there? Um, I'd probably be uh, breaking all the rules and playing NBA Jam, and I mean breaking the rules because we would not be social distancing whatsoever. <laughs> so like you're the, playing four-player NBA Jam? Well, well even if it's one-on-one, on one, I yeah. mean, it's you're not social distancing. And then there's the videos coming through of guys playing cornhole down there, mm-hmm. and they're right beside each other. Uh, it's yeah. outdoors. All good. Uh, but I'd be, I'd be kicking up NBA Jam with all this talk. We had uh, Rayon Ali, the NBA Jam book writer on our show recently. Yep. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm into it mentally. I'd, I'd be video gaming it, and that's something I don't do at home uh, that I always – want to do i'm not like was i haven't i haven't been bold enough to pick up new hobbies many new hobbies during the quarantine you know (laughs) what i mean so uh picking up a new old hobby the video gaming that would be good all right what about you lee same question what's your go-to bubble activity well i I haven't seen it actually if they have it in the uh quarantine bubble there but if they had darts i think darts is actually a good (laughs) game to play that's uh socially distanceable too because all you need to have is say two or three dartboards spread out a little bit bring your own darts Sure. And then you can just play. You don't actually need to play on the same dartboard. So you know what it's like, Skeetsy, yeah. when you're down you there, you're playing keep a bit track, of track. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Un- under these circumstances, like, all right, you just throw on your dartboard, I'll throw on mine, and you're playing a bit of 501. Now, the only thing is, you do need to have a beer when you're playing darts. It's the only way to play. So Right. Well, I'm that's sure. fine. We've seen guys crushing Bud Lights down there. Uh, well, be a yeah, problem. I don't call those beers. So, so <laughs> you want to have a classy beer, a nice beer, an enjoyable beer. You want to make it fun. 
<laughs> so you're so hoity-toity sometimes. I am. Aren't you? I'm you very really hoity-toity are. at times. It's true. But I don't think not drinking Bud Light makes me hoity-toity, though. I think it's okay. Like, fair, fair, fair. Yeah. Uh, I've been, uh, I have been pleasantly surprised, and, and maybe I shouldn't have doubted them because these guys are all, for the most part, are like just fun-loving guys, and they're obviously paid millions to play basketball. So why wouldn't they be in a good mood if they can pull this off uh, safely? They seem, everybody seems to be enjoying, so far, they haven't been there that long. I think that's something to keep in mind. But this bubble life, this campus environment, these the, the fishing activities that they can do, whatever, these games they can play, the ping pong going on, and all the video games and stuff like that. Like, am I wrong, Was Like, that's my impression from at least what we see from a lot of the guys' players' social media, you know, be it YouTube channels or Twitter accounts or Instagrams. Like, they're sort of having fun right now, I guess, being yeah. around each other again, right? Yeah, and, and that was the kind of takeaway that I had from this weekend was like, man, these guys have figured out like, all right, we got to make the best of this. I yeah. know there was some hand wringing on Twitter like, oh, it's it's such a bad look for millionaires to be complaining about food being prepared. But I'm like, if you call that food being prepared, um, I'm sorry, you don't know anything about immigrant families, my boy. Um, they don't eat like that at home. That's a Walt Disney production of terrible food. That is not a reflection of the workers whatsoever. I promise you, they eat much better at their cribs. Um, but And you know, whatever, that was content for people to run with over the yeah. weekend. But yeah, I think you can see it, like guys hanging out, making the best of the situation. Because again, I think everybody's united in the cause of getting to the bag, yeah. you know, like yeah. everybody understands what's at stake here. And I think that's why you saw the players union and the owners come to a deal so quickly. Their interests are aligned. You know, mm -hmm. the owners want this money. The players want this money. And it's like, guys, let's do what we have to do for two, a little bit over two months. Um, secure our, our, the future of our families in the process. Um, with this money and 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 you know let's just make the best of it and let's face it man like these guys they under, they're old enough to understand like what's important in life right it's like we get to play basketball for a living we have this hardship and you know I put quotation marks up around hardship for two months um I think Andre Iguodala came out and said, look, man, I, I grew up poor, man. This ain't no hard conditions. Right. right? <laughs> you know, like, these ain't tough conditions. We'll figure this out. We'll make this work. And I think they're going to make it fun. They're going to make it compelling. And we're going to enjoy it from our house. Yeah, I got to say, I've, uh, I, I haven't seen this much fishing content since... Uh, yeah. The, the summer of 2010 when I found Bill, who, who Bill Dance was and his fishing bloopers <laughs> online because, like, I can't believe how many of these guys are out fishing and, like, having a blast by the looks of it. Although I can't stop watching the Ben Simmons clip where he throws the fish back into the water and it, like, doinks off the deck or whatever, the dock and goes... I had that on loop. I just kept watching. His uh, yeah. facial reaction's hilarious. The way he throws the fish is hilarious. The way it hits the wood, hits the deck and goes in is hilarious. But uh, yeah, yeah, they seem to be having fun. But like, it's also a weird fishing environment, right? It's like yeah. just this artificial, I assume, lake or pond or whatever the hell it is where they just dump a bunch of fish in so you can go catch it easily. But whatever, something to do. Hmm. It's incredible. All right, a couple more questions here, and then we'll let Waz go. It's, I always forget how early it is on the West Coast. We got Waz up early for this. Appreciate it, man. Um, we did a huge Disney draft um, squad episode, Waz, where we were drafting Disney characters. So I thought it would be funny to ask you, if you were forced to play two-on-two -two hoops, you're in the bubble, and you get to pick one other Disney character as if they were real, 
to be your, uh, you know, to be the, the Sydney or the Billy to you. Uh, I can never keep them apart. I can't remember who Woody Harrelson is. He's, is he Billy or Sydney? I can't, I can't remember who is who. But anyway, who would you pick as your Disney character? That's easy because when I was a kid, my favorite Disney movie was Aladdin. Okay. And my favorite character was Princess Jasmine, and you can imagine why. And so she would be my partner because if even if I lose, I win. You understand? And so Prince, Princess Jasmine would be my partner in any two-on-two tournament wow. because, like, as a child, I was just like, this is the most beautiful cartoon woman I have ever seen in my life. And I watched Aladdin over, I'm talking about, I was like seven, eight years old. I watched this movie over and over. And I watched The Little Mermaid and, um, you know, Beauty and the Beast. And, yeah. and those protagonists the were cool. They were cool. Snow White, you know, they were cool. But there was just something about Jasmine. She was the greatest of all time. And, so and that's when, and that's when you stopped that's when you stopped collecting cards, right exactly. there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow, what a wild card pick. Going to somebody drafted Jasmine in our yeah, draft. Me. Was that you, Lee? Yeah. Yeah. As, yeah. She was my Disney. point guard and captain. I thought okay. she was ready for the big challenge, yeah. Okay. So good good to know you're on board there, was. Did you also select her, Lee, because you thought she was very attractive as a young child? <laughs> no. No? Okay. Just asking. Uh, all right. Well, back to the movies here. One more here. Or maybe one or two more, Waz. Um, you said you're, like you said, you'd fire up YouTube. You, you watch, it you, sounds like you consume a lot of content, be it television shows, movies. Yeah. If you had to take one movie with you to Orlando that you could only watch on repeat, maybe it's Aladdin for crying out loud, what flick do you pick? Uh, probably Anchorman. Um, probably Anchorman because Anchorman. I still I still get a kick out of that movie. Like I still laugh every time um, Ron Burgundy says, "Guys, I have a huge announcement to make." Cannonball! <laughs> like I still laugh at that. I still laugh at the fight scene. Um, yep. You know, uh, uh, Christina Applegate, who I grew up watching as Kelly Bundy on Married with Children, <laughs> another very integral part of my ch uh, childhood. <laughs> Yeah. you know formative years y'all um and, and so like she's one of my favorite parts of the movie like i i like anchorman to this day and it was one of those movies um when i first got to college me and my roommates in our suite that was one of the dvds that we had so we watched that movie over and over and over and over again and to this day when i watch it i still get a kick out of it and so it'd probably be anchorman Wow. All right. Lee, what, do you, what would you pick? Is it Mrs. Delphire? <laughs> That's the obvious choice for me, of course. But um, I actually think I might get a little bit sick of it just watching it over and over and over again. So I'd get something that I can just watch no matter what. And that would be maybe Shawshank Redemption, Inglorious Bastards, uh, well, Godfather. You can get the, the whole Godfather. Well, not the third one. Godfather right. 1 and 2. You can watch those ones There's over and over There's a third Godfather? Yeah, yeah. but it's yeah. not really. Not really. Okay. Um, yeah, I think so. I think. I mean, you know, I'd love. Mrs. So you're Doubtfire. always stopping when you see Shawshank Redemption oh, on television. Yeah. You always stop. Yeah. It was on that, the other night. I mean, surprise, surprise. I, I did watch it too. You're right. Yeah, it, it's such a brilliant movie, such a great ending, and uh, it's just one of those ones that it, when it's on, it's like, all right, whatever I was doing, I'm stopping now and I'm watching the rest of it. Okay, that's what you need here if you're going to be taking one movie. Tass, you got something? No, but I just watched School of Rock last night. Why not? Give me a little Jack Black in my wow. life. A little wild Jack Black. Wait, wait, was it on TV or did you actually throw it on? It, it, was, 
No, it was on. It was on the old TV. Okay, okay, that makes more sense. I was gonna say you're just in a school of rock mood. You're just that's a great movie. Eh, it's fine. It's fine. I don't know if I'd want to watch it over and over and over again. But hey, you do you. All right, final one here was uh, we had some fun with this. We were tweeting it out last night. You know, how many retweets would it take to get you to do a shotgun? Uh, a Bud Light here on this podcast. <laughs> Listen, man. Are you like Lee? Like, are you too above Bud no, Light? No, 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 no. I'm, I, I, listen, I, I went to Penn State for two years, okay? Like, this this idea of shotgunning one beer, that's, that's, I don't need that. You can't even call that warming up. That's just, stretching. you know, that's basically stretching, right. essentially. <laughs> you know, like shotgun and a beard, it wouldn't take anything. I, I'm going to issue a media challenge um, either wow. tomorrow or the day <laughs> after where I'm going to challenge. I know Tom Haberbro um, <laughs> is, is, is going to be down and a few other people because Haberstro <laughs> was a famous frat boy in his Wake Forest days. And so... <laughs> Is it the, like the, the, the shotgun? I'm like, y'all want to get funnels involved? Like, wow. do you guys want to get the beer bongs involved? Like, what do you guys want to do? Because this is this is something that I've been doing literally since 18 years old. I know the legal drinking age in America is 21, but out in PA, we were getting after it. And so, I, I, I this is it, it would take nothing. There's no hesitation. Like, wow. And I know amongst NBA media members, I know I will be able to take on all challenges. I'm talking to you, J. King. Wow. You know, I'm talking to I'm calling out all of y'all. Dave Dufour, allegedly some beer drinker connoisseur. Never <laughs> He looks like beer. a beer drinker, Dave Dufour. Yeah, I'll ne- say ne- that. Never he... shotgun the beer. I was like, all right, you know, again, I'm I'm taking I'm taking all challenges. Are you so what's your what's your secret to to a, a quick and so, uh, clean shotgun? That's important. So what you have to do is you have to slightly open it, the can. Not like when you yeah. when you pull it, you just so that some air comes out. So that when you do poke a hole in it, you're not. It's like okay. you poke the hole. There's enough air coming out already, and then you poke the little hole. You fully open that thing, and then gravity just does the rest of the work, fellas. It, it, it's really it's really nothing too too hard about it. So challenge has been thrown out oh, there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And, wise, I'm, and I'm doing media. it on camera. You guys are gonna see it. And the, the whole world's gonna see it. And it, Again, I told you I'll do back to back shotguns. I, I, and this is not this is not my cheese mode. This is not bluster. <laughs> this is just something I know that I can do quite well. What about the uh what about the car battery uh cans, you know, the giant ones? Okay, see, I don't know if I could do a pounder back to back, but yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure I could do a pounder. Well, it sounds like pretty you sure could. I could do the 16 ounce. Yeah. All right. Yeah, for sure. Chal- challenges have uh, been thrown down. Anybody in the NBA media want to take on Waz? So are you thinking you're like Myers Leonard, like three seconds or less, basically? That thing's going. Oh my god! Easily, e- like this is. I'm. I'm telling you guys, this is something that I've had an incredible amount of practice in. And of course, <laughs> and I tell people like at 33, I'm not half the man I was at 19 sure. for sure. Sure. Like there's no doubt about it. I've definitely slowed down. But the reps, I mean, come on, man. It's like, it, 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 it's sort of like, you know how LeBron can't jump over everybody anymore, but his mind is so in tune with the game. Like, he's still an incredibly effective player. Like, I'm not a 2009 MVP LeBron, but I'm still, I still finish in the top five. I'm still in the conversation. <laughs> like, I, I'm still there when it comes to this. I think uh, what, what the shotgun video also has to be as a tutorial for these NBA players because they're doing the horizontal uh, move and it's it's that's stupid. Yeah, yeah you've got a seven footer like Myers Leonard. Yeah, he's doing it. He's doing it the wrong way. 
turn it up, right side up, and just suck it back. You're a seven footer. It's not a problem. I not thought a problem, he did man. all right. I mean, JJ's. Oh, was it was fast enough. JJ's yeah, was rough. It was, he yeah, was rusty. It was all right, I can't wait to see this. So, Waz, thank you so much for joining us. Tell the people where uh, easiest way to follow you on Twitter and the social medias. Um, yeah, on every single social media platform, I'm Big Waz, B-I-G-W-O-S. Um, of course, like we said at the top of the show, follow the Athletics NBA podcast. I think you guys are going to thoroughly enjoy it. Ted Shut up, Ted. Anyway. Teddy, come on, keep it down, Ted. Um, but yeah, man, we try to keep it light. We try to have fun. Um, I appreciate you guys for having me on because obviously been a longtime fan of you guys. And I will say um, when I first started, you know, getting into the game business, you guys were one of the first people to show me love, embrace me, even though you guys were already on TV. <laughs> and so I'll always have love and admiration with you guys for that. Um, just alone. Um, I appreciate what you guys do. What you guys are doing for the culture, man. Um, just thank you for having me on. Oh, that's kind words. Thank you so much. And thanks for getting up early on the West Coast there. We, we really do appreciate it. That was a lot of fun, guys. Uh, reminder, get your questions and your comments in for Wednesday's Beach Step and No Dunks at TheAthletic.com. Yes, yeah, smash that subscribe button, The Athletic NBA Show, your one-stop shop for all of those great athletic podcasts, including Waz with David Aldridge on Hoops Adjacent. All right, Clipper bros, take us home. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, to close the show here, Waz, can you uh, list all of your nicknames? Because Super Producer Jade Hoy said, ask Waz all of his nicknames. So here they are. Here we go. All of Big Waz's nicknames. Um, Obviously, I, I call my real name Wazneyland Bray, my AKA. Because <laughs> people just call me Big Waz now. But uh, the Haitian sensation, the Haitian irritation, <laughs> your favorite Haitian um the the big <laughs> the bigger haitian um it's all just plays on 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 the um the, the country of haiti uh which is my family's country of origin um oh also the big problematic uh the the big intellectual uh you know just 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 a variety of names man <laughs> love it embrace the day people